Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. With us today for the first time ever, Cameron Shell, Chairman, CEO, Dragonfly Inc. Trades on the CSC under the stock symbol DFLY. For our friends in the US, DFLYF. And for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 3U8. Now, for those of you new to the story, that's going to be almost all of you, at least on the Agoracom side. We know a lot of Dragonfly people can be watching this. But here's what you need to know about the company. Uh, most of us know drones as cool toys flying around the neighborhood, maybe even simple commercial application for things like real estate videos. But the fact of the matter is that huge corporations are now testing ways to deliver packages with drones, use drones to provide internet connections. And there's even a startup that's using drones to deliver tacos to your door. So in short, the drone industry is, is booming and on the verge of really moving in, uh, in into ways that people can't imagine. But one company has gone beyond imagining and testing, and that's Dragonfly. They're an award-winning manufacturer uh, and technology developer that is actually delivering. Now, more than just lip service, because a lot of people talk the talk, uh, Dragonfly was established in 1998. A lot of people consider them the oldest commercial drone company in the world. They're the first, they built the first drone to actually save a life. Uh, the first drone to be inducted into the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. Unbelievable. Their clients are, are corporations, uh, Ontario Provincial Police, uh, law enforcement agencies, government agencies, you name it. Unbelievable. Now they're developing a vaccine drone delivery payload system. All that uh, totaled in $2.9 million in revenue for the first nine months of, 2000, of 2020. And they're building multiple revenue streams. Cam, let's talk about the company. Welcome to the show. And it's a real pleasure to be here, George. I'm a, a big admirer of what you guys do. And so we're really, really proud and, and appreciate the opportunity to be a part of your network. Hey, man, appreciation is all ours because we're always looking for the disruptive tech small cap companies that are going to define this decade. And, and you guys are it. So let's talk a little bit about a couple of press releases you put out. The first one is, you know, pretty routine, right? Dragonfly issued, uh, you got issued a new delivery drone patent which for most people would be, you know, kind of routine, but you guys are saying that's a game changing, this is a game changing patent for the drone delivery vertical. So, you know, what is it about it that makes it so game changing? Yeah, I think it's really important. It's a, it's a fantastic question I'm, and I'm glad you asked it. it. I think it's really important to uh, to take a look underneath the covers of what Dragonfly has innovated in the past. And, you know, every single year we come out with some, you know, industry changing standard innovation and we've come up with a number of them this year. Um, and, and this particular patent, again, does the same thing. Now, look, there's a lot of drone companies out there. There's a lot of noise, sure. but there's very few companies that are actually either developing IP and then commercializing it directly into revenue, which is what we can do, I think, faster than anybody. Well, we demonstrated that we can do faster than anybody out there. So before I specifically talk about this particular patent, you know, our portfolio is, is extensive. And to give you an example, uh, a year and a half ago, uh, we did a sale and lease back of one of our uh, uh, patents to uh, Autel. And Autel then used that patent to go out and win a hundred, that's very specific patent, and win a $190 million lawsuit um, against their competitor. Now that particular patent was for removable blades on drones. So any drone that has a removable blade, which is pretty much every drone, certainly yep. a commercial one, maybe some of the consumer ones, infringes on our patent. Our patents include things like 
you know, battery management systems. If you can fit your, your uh, drone into a backpack, you're probably infringing on one of our patents. If you've got foldable legs, you're probably infringing on one of our patents. Wow. Like, like really, now listen, we're not in the patent uh, troll business. That's not what we do. But you're going to protect yourself at the same but, but, time. But what we know and what our customers know, and most of our customers are military contractors like Aero Environment or, you know, large corporate uh, uh, companies. When they come to us to get specific work done, they know that they're not going to have to deal with patent issues after the fact. And th th so these are really big issues for big customers, right? That, so you need to have that. And most startups don't aren't really in a position to understand that. So uh, the, the patent that we just came out, that we were just awarded is significant, not because it's a cargo drone patent, but because of the way that it has all the rotors that transition from vertical takeoff to horizontal flight. And the way that the, the center of gravity changes on that. Now you think that, well, aren't there other drones that do that? Actually, there right, are yeah, that's why for most people reading the press with they say, well, everybody does that, no, but clearly well, not. Well, here's the thing. Well, there are other drones that do that, but those other drones now infringe on our patent. Right. So we had this work that being done years and years ago. Right. And so we had the prior art on it. Now, also, those other drones, the ones that we've looked at anyways, are all single um, uh, planes of action. Right. They're not multiple planes independent. So we have four to six to eight planes that can all change in different directions. And what does that mean? Just so everyone at home understands, what does it mean by changing planes? Well, so so when I say a plane, I don't mean the whole, I, I mean the the surface plane. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, so no, no, no. You might have one wing that can go up and then transition and fly it forward. We can do multiple wings. So every engine, every motor can then tilt and then take it in different directions. Got it. Right. So, uh, and we can do this across multiple rotors. Why this is so important, especially in a cargo zone, uh, drone, is because you can now bury your center of gravity inside the cargo zone. Now, when you're doing medium to heavy lift, that's incredibly important. Because yeah. balance on these things is everything. And so a big issue in the industry with vertical takeoff, right, which then, but then transitioning into horizontal flight is that you have to tip your cargo. Yeah, center, so of, gravity, center to, of gravity is in the wrong place. It's, it's a big, big deal when that happens, even if it's tipping by a little bit. But now we can do it on variable, you know, what I call planes, right, engines. We can actually keep our cargo level the whole time to do it. it it's when you really understand the dynamics and the engineering behind it, it's a major innovation within the industry. And it's another thing that our engineering bench really took the time to think through because we've got as much or more experience, boots on the ground experience, actually delivering these types of products. So whether it's it's experience that we gain through the military contracting that we've done or whether it's actual uh, work that we do in terms of uh, delivering products or services, you know, in special situations for our corporate clients, we, we see these problems come up. And so we're able to address them in a way where others can kind of theorize and say, hey, I'd like to build a drone that does this. And you're like, unless you've been doing this for 10 years, you, you know, you don't really get the nuances of really what's important to make a, a particular uh, a section or industry scale. And so yeah, that, that's, that's why one of the we're reasons. here, right? Because this, this, yeah. doesn't, this doesn't come through in the press release, right? You Hearing you say that, yeah, that that that's really big. In fact, so how do you plan to monetize on that pat on that patent? Are you going to license out uh, the technology to companies who need that, or do you just keep it for yourselves to produce your own drones? Yeah. So typically in the past, again, we're not patent trolls, and that's a really expensive, different business. No, no. And, and and it's just you know it can be profitable and it can't, and it's distracting and all those types of things. What it means is that we're a real player in the drone delivery space. 
And whether that's in the services side of it or whether it's in the design and build side, side of it, you know, we've got the real, real companies now come to us to say, hey, listen, this, this is an important innovation. And so it really drives our business on a whole bunch of fronts, in particular, our contract engineering, but also in terms of our ability to operationalize and, and manage those services for other companies. So that's going to be our primary uh, uh, way. And that's how we've generated revenue in the past is that, you'll, you know, people go to us because they know that we've got the tech to actually deliver the right kind of service. Now, we have done some sale and leaseback of the stuff of, of our patents uh, in the past. So if the right opportunity and the right, you know, uh, um, you know, purchaser or licensor comes along, we'll certainly take a look at that. But but we're not. And listen, we've been a pat, been approached by literally a half a dozen different uh, companies that want to do full leaseback and sales of our port, patent portfolio for the entire drone industry and go out and and sue everybody and all that. It, you know, that doesn't that doesn't help the industry. No, and that's no. not the business that we want to participate in. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll monetize it just by doing a good business. What's feedback? Is it too early to ask if you've gotten any feedback from the industry where someone picked up the phone and called you guys and said, wow, uh, you've got the patent of this. This is game changing. You know, this feedback about how impressive it is. They want to do business with you. What kind of early feedback have you gotten from the, from yeah, the industry well, so in general? I would, I would say the feedback that we've got is actually pre-feedback. So, so part of the innovation around this is the work that we're doing with companies uh, like recently, we just announced Cold Chain, which is one of them, uh, it, what I would consider a major distributor of, of uh, U.S. government vaccine or you know, vaccines for the U.S. government, and um, and so they yeah, their clients are the U.S. Army. I've got I see here uh, Johnson Johnson, Chicago Department of Public Health, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I mean, it's unbelievable who their who their customer base is. Yeah, and and so listen, they they've got it. You know, so they came to us and they said, listen, we 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 have we have payloads that are sensitive, right? Sensitive to vibration, sensitive to temperature, sensitive, like, you know, like, like it's got to be really, you know, stably managed, monitored, that type of stuff. And so the pre-work that we've done, that we've done on this, understanding that those types of payloads have to be in certain conditions and situations gained us the credibility with somebody like a cold chain and, and, yep. and certainly others that we're talking with to be able to go like, wow, these, these folks, they really have real world experience. Uh, we, we're we're going to go with with them because because they they have a, a bigger and deeper picture of what has to be developed. So again, that becomes our model. So we had a bunch of pre-work going into it, and um, and and certainly because of that, we've we've got a strong pipeline for this type of innovation going forward. It's amazing that a lot of people, including me, didn't realize how important cold chain is in the delivery of vaccines. But we we're all starting to hear about it on TV as a result as a result of COVID vaccines, and that it's not just as easy as you know taking this and shipping off in a box somewhere and uh, pop into your arm, temperature control, all that, all that is, is really, really crucial. So for you to be selected by, uh, by cold chain and with the, with the kind of customer base they've got is, uh, is incredible third-party validation. So here's the question for you. What is the status of that relationship right now? When do you expect to potentially start commercializing it? And where do you think, you know, you deploy the technology? Is it going to be in Toronto, Ontario, or is it going to be in, countries you know that that don't have great supply chain management for for vaccines 
Yeah, the the um, the the biggest uh, I would say challenge in the industry, uh, and it's not a challenge; it's totally appropriate, is regulation and beyond visual line of sight uh, operations. So, uh, so sovereign nations are are a favorite choice for this type of uh, and and, a, and an ideal choice for this type of operation to start. And we've seen other delivery companies start in those types of areas uh, as well. And so we'll be doing uh, a, something similar uh, in the U.S. Uh, with customers that we're already uh, working with uh, in that regard. But rather than uh, calling this uh, remote location delivery, we call it challenge location delivery, um, because much of our planning and design, which uh, which we see this going live, you know, inside of six months, uh, each flight will still require proper, you know, regulatory approval and licensing and all the rest of it. Um, But these challenge locations aren't just remote. Uh, They're locations that could be jammed up because of traffic. They could be a natural disaster. There could be any number of reasons that create a situation to be challenged. And it's much more efficient to drop a drone in there than to try to get an ambulance with equipment or to try to get vaccine. You know, so so this is, again, far beyond just vaccines. It's medical equipment and it's and all the regulation is moving in that direction very, very uh, quickly and, and given the amount of work in the background that we've got with our military contracting clients as well, you know we've done this type of work in the past in in you know quite literally extreme challenging situations. So to be able to do it uh, in in this regard, uh, you know we've got not just the technical but the logistical background to be able to do it. But what we do a little bit different is we we, we don't tend to you know build it and hope they will come. Like you know we make sure that. To the best of our ability, we make sure that we have a customer in place first. So when we, you know, talk about a new initiative or announce a new initiative, you know, we're not spending budget uh, in a way that we hope that, you know, look, this this will be kind of cool and we think people are going to like it. We're doing it and building it because, you know, we already know who our customer is going to be and we're building it to their specification and we've got some sort of partnership with them uh, to deliver it on and, and it's scalable. So, uh, I, which which again. Is, is a bit of a luxury of a situation that we get to be in because of the length of time we've been in this business. Let's talk about that for a second. I'm going to move on to your Department of Agriculture uh, uh, press release also, but since you're kind of talking about building for customers, knowing uses, right, uh, is one really nice challenge to have for you guys is that uses for drones are only going to increase, I would assume, by several magnitudes uh, this decade. So how do you continue to do that and again, that's a good problem to have, right? If there are, a, you know, if there are this many use cases today, but they're going to be that many tomorrow, how do you plan for that in advance? How do you guys know in advance, you know, which customers will and, and what applications you uh, they'll they'll or are you just waiting for them to come to you? Well, there's a great pipeline right now, and um, one of the differentiators for Dragonfly is that you know we're you know we're not just a manufacturer. I mean, uh, we manufacture, we deliver services. Uh, we do our own software development. We do AI. We do, yeah, and and that's because what ha- what happens is customers come to us with a problem. So we're a solution provider, and you know, an airframe and building a particular type of drone is part of the solution. But quite often, the data management or the security or the AI or the software or the thermals or the whatever the the, the whatever the case is, it, at the end of the day, the customer wants the result, and and more times than the. the you know, in some of these examples, we talked about the result is a particular package delivered in a particular way, but more times than not, it's that, that package is data. And so really all the customer wants is they want the secure data that gives them the information to make the decision, whether it was survey data or whether it was LIDAR data, whether it was, you know, geophysical data, you know, whatever the case uh, may be. And so, or, or surveillance or something to whatever effect. Yeah, crops, you know, yeah. 
crop, a, a for, deforestation. Yeah, of course. So, so an airframe to us is an airframe. And, and so we're not opposed to using other people's airframes. And, and we have on lots of different missions or lots of different projects where we've designed particular payloads for different types of airframes because that's already what's incorporated into somebody's fleet. So, okay, no problem. Uh, but when it comes down to some of those situations where they need a highly sensitive drone or one that moves at 100 miles an hour or hundreds of miles an hour, or they, they want some other special uh, thing done to it because it provides them this particular uh, use case solution, that's where we can actually be able to provide that, which really differentiates us from having to rely on other people's engineering benches. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of most people and maybe even me a few months ago, uh, the way we, we if we think about drones at all in the commercial application, we just think, all right, a drone picks up a package and just zips off to George's house and delivers it. That's it. So as long as you can build a fast, reliable drone, it's done. But it's not that right. There's so much more that goes into it. Artificial intelligence, stability speed deliverance safely and that's the advantage that dragonfly has as being the oldest as, as being the oldest drone company right you've got all that on lock as opposed to just george comes along with a really super fast drone it's not that simple yeah the the, the, the solution right exactly the, the the drone is the drone and and, and, a, and an engine's an engine and you put it in a certain way whatever the case is the solution is much more complex especially to make the solution simple and to deliver to the customer what drives them value, you need to provide an entire solution. I, I, I frankly, you know, will build Dragonfly, in my opinion, into you know one of the top three largest drone companies in the world. And one of our signature differentiators will be that you know that we provide end-to-end -end solutions. So very similar to you know you might go to Costco and there's any number of you know products that you can pick there, but you can also pick the Costco product or you can pick you know, an entire service uh, line. And, and that's really where, where Dragonfly has, you know, I'd like to say it was by brilliant design, but it's as much by luck and circumstance as anything, is that we have a unique, we, we are in a unique position to deliver those end-to-end -end services uh, in a cost-effective manner. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of small cap companies, look, we, we actually, uh, you know, we, we put companies to the test when, when they're on here, right? And a lot of companies say, oh, we, we'll have the greatest widget and, uh, and we'll be one of the top widget makers in the world. But the fact of the matter is what we always look for is third-party validation because it's one thing to say George Combs, you have the best widget in the world, uh, but it's quite another when you have the third-party validation. I can't imagine anyone has better third-party validation than you guys can, given the customer base you have, the government agencies that are... Uh, uh, is there anybody out there that's got, that's got better third-party validation than you? Well, probably not as a solution provider in the commercial space. You know, as, as, a, as an individual drone manufacturer, yeah, sure, DJI is a monster. We're never going to be, like, DJI has 10,000 engineers. We're not competing against DJI. We're, we're also, you know, we also, you know, integrate to a lot of DJI uh, product. And in fact, we fly uh, many of their products on some of our missions. Like, you know, if it's best use case, that's, that's what we'll use. But in terms of total solution provider, uh, yeah, there's, I don't think there's anybody that provides, you know, uh, you know design, build, software, dev, AI, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to, you know, security, uh, storage, uh, the whole thing so that somebody goes, you know, listen, I, I need this, this requires a drone and nobody's done it before. Who do we go to? And hopefully they're thinking about us. And that's going to become the real growth in the future because drones are, you know, it's already happening, but they're just going to continue morphing into real solutions as opposed to just, oh, I use George's drone to deliver a book 
to his buddy uh, a couple of miles away. Uh, they're going to be required to have real solutions, and that's where you differentiate yourself. And that's, on that I, note, that's a, you're right, that, and that's a commodity business. De delivering something from from point yeah. A to point B, that's a race to the bottom. De like building a drone, uh, you know, a, a fifteen hundred dollar drone, it's a race to the bottom. That's not the business we're in. That's not the business. Yeah. That, that, that yeah, and and that's what's coming through so loud and clear here. That that's what I love about. It. And and talk about third party validation. So the headline, one of your recent ones was. U.S. Department of Agriculture has selected the use of Dragonfly commander drones to do phenotyping and other related data collection and analysis. Uh, first of all, U.S. Department of Agriculture, that's that's fantastic, right? What's phenotyping and what kind of data collection are, are, you, are you guys doing? Yeah, so phenotyping is basically the classification of plants into particular categories, uh, you know, all in an automated way. Um, so, that you know, basically you fly over a a crop and you'll be able to pick out what types of plants are there. Are there weeds? Are there different types of plants? Or you'll fly over a forest and you'll be able to start to classify, you know, the, uh, the agronomics that are there. So that's, uh, and, and and we work with partners. That's not our soft, that's not our software that particularly does that, but we integrated with that software on our payloads, right? With, with third-party cameras on our drones. But, but you, you, the second you start doing that, you and, and then and then of course that data has got to integrate into the Department of Agriculture's uh, you know ERP systems, and so you realize very quickly it's not about selling a drone. Yeah, right? it's like whoa, that's like you got to you got to think that through, and then you got to figure out how to scale it, and then and then that data has to be secure, right? That's really important data, and so a big trend that we've seen in the last couple of years is to move to North American manufacturing uh, because of you know, foreign security concerns. So, so even as something as simple as how many, how many flights a day a drone is making, or what are the plant vegetation types doing, or how forests are doing, that's all potentially strategic information. And so the, you know, the, I'll call it the five I governments have, are, are in a spot where they're saying, we're, look, we want five I manufacturing. So we, we're seeing really significant resources, both financial, uh, and political uh, being committed into uh, securing North American manufacturing. Now, you know, there's about five U.S. you know manufacturers, and that's about it. Now there were a whole bunch more, uh, and the you know the VCs uh, you know through the the early 2000s you know bet on a bunch of big companies. You know the 3DRs and uh, GoPro and um, uh, Airware and all uh, you know huge John Chambers with the was the you know the chairman of Airware and Dreesen Horowitz back like every one of those companies tried to buy Dragonfly at some point that, and that, that's a literal statement um, and uh, we you know for a number of different reasons we we ended up not selling out not that I didn't want to many times and was overruled by the board a few times um, and, and but thank goodness we didn't because they're all gone they they're, every single one of them at least you know GoPro is still around but their drone business is gone and we're still here and um, uh, and and but the reason and and so but that happened because you know, the foreign drone manufacturers from an airframe perspective are really good at what they do and they have incredible low cost base. So they just drove everybody out of business. So, you know, we maintained and were able to, to you know, be a, a viable business because of our military contracting and our solutions approach. And now we're- yeah, you're a in a commodity competing on price and just getting, and just getting smashed. Exactly. And, and so now today there's basically, you know, no, and that, that's not quite true, but that there's no US manufacturers left. And so when, when the U.S. government and the agencies are looking to, you know, who are we going to buy our drones from, security being, you know, the number one issue, uh, we're, we're getting into a lot of places that uh, are way above our, our, our weight class right now. So, um, you know, we're really, really confident and enthusiastic uh, about, 
you know, the growth of our business in that regard. And, and I think sales like the Department of Agriculture or the U.S. Marshals or any number of the sheriff's departments or any of that type of stuff that we're selling to now is reflective of that. Well, let's talk about that. So the, we look clearly the the drone industry is starting to is doing some unbelievable things. You guys are. Let's talk about five years from now, just uh, just to really put in people's minds, paint a picture. How how integrated into our lives do drones become? in terms of multiple applications and thing that necessary and not just delivering pizzas and tacos, but you know, what kind of, what kind of amazing things do you guys see coming in the next five years and how drones just integrate into our daily lives? Yeah. I, I don't think in, I don't, I, I think five years from now, the first responder on every accident scene will be a drone just to give you an example. And it will have the capability to, right. uh, assist people that are there to do self-administration of emergency care immediately, or it will be the first ones there to assess the safety situation for the first responders that are showing up. Um, that's one example, for example. I don't think there will be a hurricane or a natural disaster that will not be first responded to by drones. Um, I don't think- uh, That's yeah, exciting, man. That's those exciting. are the types of things that, and so listen, pizza box delivery, I get it, right? Actually, I don't really get it. But yeah. uh, it's neat. It's it's a neat, cool. It's well, a gimmick. If I got George's Pizzeria and I tell you I can deliver by drone, I'll probably get business because people want to see a drone deliver the pizza. So yeah. cool gimmick, great. But that's not the future, right? Um, you, you know, so, so uh, you know, drone integration into our infrastructure on a commercial and industrial level, it it will it will be it will be ubiquitous. Uh, Ten years from now, you'll wonder how we how we we, we operated absolutely operated without it. We want real-time data on, you know, uh, uh, you know, energy consumption. We want to see what's, like, you just, it, 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 there's just nothing that it doesn't touch. Um, I, I'm excited about applications like, for example, uh, combining internet of things, uh, IOT technology with artificial intelligence, and I'm wearing a watch and it says I'm having a heart attack. Uh, you know, it determines George's having a heart attack while he's walking on a trail somewhere. And unless we can get life-saving paddles to him or something that he needs, or, or, uh, you know, in the next, in the next couple of minutes, next five minutes, he's a goner, uh, and drones being deployed for things like that. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's exactly. I, I mean, those are the, those are, those are the types of things that, that will just become, uh, absolutely ubiquitous, ubiquitous for all of us. You, you know, I think it's, um, you know, just to give you a sense of the, of the power of these types of things, we had a um, we had a, a public safety client approach us about it's about just you know not quite a year ago uh, now, and they said, "Hey, can you build uh, a software so that our particular drone, the drone they already owned, could uh, could measure social distancing um, for people?" And and so uh, so we did. We we built a software that fit onto their existing uh, payload, their camera system, so that as they flew over a crowd, they could see how well people were social distancing, and it put red circles around yep, people instantly. Like that. You know, just boom, boom, boom. It could detect who's mask wearing, all the rest of it. And now they're a public safety organization. They weren't using it for enforcement. They were using it to be able to collect the data to yep. see, hey, where are hotspot areas of, of the super spreader events happening uh, for this virus to go? And then they want to track that data and, and where it goes from there. There's no way they could get that live. The only data they had before that was how full were the hospitals getting, right? Now they were able to go out to public areas and see and get real data, not hearsay data, and start to make policy decisions. 
So, so somebody made a, an off-ed comment and they said, well, it'd be really great if you could actually detect COVID-19. So what we endeavored to do, and nine months later to fast forward the whole story, we've developed a camera system that literally on this call right now through, the, through our camera system, we could, I can detect your heart rate, your respiratory rate, your blood oxygen level, and your blood pressure, right? That's all, I gotta tell you, it's almost too good to be true. Like it's almost unbelievable. I know it's true, but that's a blow away to me that a camera system can detect all of that. And, and it's not, and it, the nice thing is it's software. It's not even the camera system. So now we've ported this down into kiosks. We've ported this into CCTV cameras. We've ported this into your smartphone um, uh, and onto tablets. So, so Dragonfly has deployed the technology onto university campuses, into prisons, into government buildings. Uh, we're launching at CES here next week. And uh, it'll be on telehealth systems and on your smartphone, you know, check-in oh, apps, you know, when you go to check in and answer your five questions before you get into a facility, like, you know, have you come in contact with anybody as you're doing that, the phone is going to be taking your blood pressure, your heart rate and checking all that. Like that's the, like, you know, that's the type of data innovation that we came up with as a drone company because we were answering a customer's requirement. And, and I think that's the type of innovation that we'll continue to put out there uh, as an organization and why we're a solution provider and not a drone manufacturer. Cam, I'm going to tell you, buddy, I, for one, and I think every small cap investor who's actually invested in Dragonfly and will be investing in Dragonfly is going to be pretty thankful one day that you didn't end up selling to those Silicon Valley <laughs> groups, right? Because it, uh, I, I'm convinced that dec this decade is going to be the, the breakout insane decade for, for drones, drone technology, drone, real solutions, real value that people pay for at the end of the day, because, you know, the pizza delivery thing is going to get pretty old pretty fast. And then that's going to, that's going to be nothing. Drones that fly around taking video of my family. You know, I've used that by the way. Great. But yeah. you know, after a while, that's going to become pretty, pretty commodity, but you guys are building uh, something really special there. I'm so glad you came on it. We could talk for another hour easily. Yeah, you've been Talk. very gracious with your time and I really appreciate it as always, George. Oh, no, I could keep going. It's <laughs> you got to run a company, right? And I want to save a little something for shareholders, investors in their next one, their next one, next one, because, you know, here we are the first week of January. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're back here 10, 15 times uh, this Certainly. year, given, given what you guys are doing. But thanks for joining us today and congratulations on just the recent news you've put out let alone what Dragonfly has done throughout its entire history. Thank you so much, George. Have a great day and congratulations on everything you guys are doing. Thanks, Cam. For everyone at home, you've been watching Cameron Shell, Chairman and CEO of Dragonfly Inc. Trades on the CSC and the stock symbol DFLY on the OTCQB DFLYF and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 3U8. Look, if you're not excited after watching or listening to this, uh, then I don't think anything is going to get you excited in the small cap world, but I know most of you are. So make sure you do your due diligence. Uh, Agoracom is going to have its own collateral ready uh, by the beginning of next week, maybe, maybe even tomorrow. But in the meantime, all you have to do is get to the Dragonfly website, take a closer look, watch some of the videos, absorb some of the information, but start your due diligence uh, because there's no doubt about where the drone industry is going. It doesn't necessarily mean guaranteed that Dragonfly is going to be uh, the biggest winner or a winner and all that, but that's the nature of due diligence, right? You got to determine that. We love the company, love the leadership, and we hope you do too. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.